This, this is the huddle. Every Thursday from noon to two. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Let's go in. The huddle. Welcome to the huddle every Thursday for two hours, 12 to two. I am Michael Bumpus, no Stacy today, but we do have the most consistent man in the game, Dave Wyman, join us. What's up, Dave? <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good, man. You I'm sound good. good. I appreciate it. We're going to sound even better now because we're we're talking straight football, man. And um, it feels good coming off a of bye. I heard a stat that Pete Carroll is six and seven when get, coming off of a bye. So it's not bad. It's a little above average. Um, a surprising stat because I'll, I always feel like after a bye and after a loss, these guys find a way to bounce back. So um, we see what they did against the Giants. This defense looked incredible. Uh, you can't take it with a grain of salt and say, look, they played against the New York football Giants. They're not the greatest. But I'm like, look, you take wins however you can. You take the stats however you can. Those guys are still getting paid. Um, I appreciate the defensive performance, and I'm looking forward to what they do this week. Yeah, and I think a lot of times you look at um, they did to the Giants what they should have done. Right. Right. I thought the most the, the best thing about that was that their offensive line was all banged up and they were complaining about it quite a bit. And, you know, I talked to somebody back back east that said, you know, that's been their biggest problem. And the Seahawks did it with one offensive lineman left on the sidelines. We talked a lot about that on our show. But, um, yeah, the, and they were able to get it done. We talked to Mark Schlereth this last week and he said, and he's a former offensive lineman, but he said it's really hard to run your offense efficiently with both tackles down. Right. So those two guys, we're going to get hopefully Charles Cross back. I'm not sure what his status is today, but looks like Lucas is going to be a while. But man, I don't, I don't worry too much about it, um, just because they've done such a good job. Geno's done a great job. I think Waldron's doing a really good job of getting everybody involved and getting the ball out of Geno's hands. And so it's just kind of taken that factor out of it, which is hard to do. Man, in four down territory in the Bump and Stacey show, I talked about Bobby Wagner and how he's exceeding my expectations. I already expected him to play at a high level, but I'm looking at the way he's playing. I'm looking at his numbers. He's at 50 tackles so far. He's uh, – um, ahead of his pace from last year. He has two sacks this year. He had six last last year. Um, you know, you're the LB extraordinaire, man. What are you seeing out of Bobby? Well, I like where he's making the tackles. Right. You know, a lot of times he'd get 17 tackles and they'd give up, you know, 400 yards and they'd be eight, 10 yards downfield. And he's making them near the line of scrimmage. They're doing a really good job up front. I think Jaron Reed has kind of been the hero there. But, yeah, Bobby looks great. We talked to uh, Jordan Brooks yesterday. And uh, he was saying how he didn't he didn't mind not having the green dot. You know, that's mm-hmm. Bobby. He gets it. And then also, and this is something I experienced my first year in Denver, that um, when I went there, Carl Mecklenburg was there, and he was kind of the, the leader of that defense, uh-huh. and he was calling the huddle and stuff. I kind of liked it because I didn't have that added responsibility. Right. I felt like I was freed up to go and make plays, and I had my best year as a pro. So that was, you know, that it seems like Jordan Brooks is really accepting that. He's got no problem with it. And he's kind of come, becoming a leader in his own right. He's starting to make plays. You see when he picked up that ball? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I asked him about it. I go, you were a running back, weren't you? He goes, I was a running back until he got to college. He yeah. Said. So, uh, yeah, he said, next time I'm going to score. I'm like, all right, we'll count on that. So the, yeah, those two guys playing together anyway. It's awesome, man. The, the same reason why you didn't want the green dot or didn't mind having the green dot is the same reason why I didn't take a scholarship to be a quarterback. I go, nah, I don't want that responsibility. Yeah. I'm good. Just let me go over on my routes. You throw me the football when I'm on. 
helping. You a quarterback in high go. school? I was a quarterback in high school. Oh, man, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Well, that helps a lot for being a receiver, right? Right. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's just like really you play because, you know, you have fun. You know, you're just out there running yeah. around trying to make a play. And, you know, a lot of times. But, I, you know, there was also times where I was calling the huddle and I liked it. I liked making the adjustments uh-huh. and being on top of it. I felt like it helped me focus a little bit. All right, so let's uh, let's focus on these Bengals now, man. This is one of the uh, more interesting teams in the league to me because you look at their record and you look at their stats, right? When you when you break down the Bengals, you look at who they are on paper. On paper, they are the 31st ranked offense. They're 31st when it comes to running the football. They're 25th in pass offense, and they're 27th when it comes to points per game. You and I know better than that. I think we look at this team and go, yeah, Joe Burrow's been hurt. Things haven't been working out for them as of late. But last week, they look like the team that we've seen the past few years. When you look at this matchup, what stands out to you? What stands out to me is, first of all, I watched a couple of different videos of Joe Burrow up on the, you know, up on the platform talking to the media and right. stuff. He's incredibly cocky. And, <laughs> good cocky or bad cocky? He, I think it's good. I mean, especially if you're a Bengals fan. Right. Uh, but, yeah, he's very – let's say he's very self-assured. <laughs> and, you know, that. Uh, then the other thing that stands out to me is his connection with Jamar Chase right. and how he always knows where Jamar Chase is. Mm-hmm. One of the, the uh, touchdowns that they had against, um, against the Cardinals was, you know, he was rolling out to the right and then – Uh, Chase broke off his route to the back of the end zone, and he knew exactly and just threw a bullet right Mm -hmm. to him. So it's like he always has his eyes on that guy. And, you know, we'll see. I don't think T. Higgins is going to play, which Uh is good news, because they're going into a bye week. And so if he's banged up, you're kind of going to err on the side of, okay, let's just give him another week. But, yeah, all of a sudden, and here's what I think is kind of a theme bump that – you don't really know who some of these teams are because of the way they're handling the preseason now. Mm-hmm. Nobody is playing in the preseason, and, and and just naturally, you hit a stride. There are times, remember the Seahawks last year with the four-game winning streak. They were stopping the run. They had this great run. And then, you know, that's just something that naturally happens. But I think more uh, at the beginning of the season, we don't really know who a lot of these teams are. Right. You know, including the Seahawks. I mean, they certainly didn't know who they were week one against the Rams <laughs> because that was just weird. So, yeah, I think um, uh, this is a dangerous team. They've got kind of a bunch of no-name guys on their defense. They play really well together. And... I don't know, Joe Burrow, I, I feel like that team goes the way him and Jamar Chase go. I remember when they took him with the number one pick, they got a lot of heat for that mm-hmm. the year after Burrow because everybody wanted Panay Sewell. Right. And Chase has worked out really well. He's a great receiver. But I, the one thing I see, too, Bump, is his leg is healed now. Yes, it is. <laughs> because <laughs> yes, you it see, is. when he takes off inside the pocket, he is – he looks as fast. I mean, he's not running for a long period of, of uh, time, but, you know, just those little movements that he makes around the, the pocket now, you can tell that he, he feels fine. Yeah, that's what got me. I, I looked at a couple games prior, and you could tell, like, I'm staying right here. I can't move. And then w- once I saw him roll outside the pocket and kind of skip over a tackler, I go, oh, man, this dude is feeling good. He's not <laughs> making that move unless he's 100%. And then you talk about his connection with Jamar Chase. 2019, they win a national championship. 
Uh, Jamar Chase has 1,700 yards and something like 10, 11 touchdowns. How lucky are these two to go from the highest level in college football to the greatest football league in all the land in the NFL? It's almost like a cheat code. Like, man, it just separates you guys once you get into the league. It almost ain't fair. Well, and it's it's also like, how does he get open all the I mean, he's that good because obviously yeah. everyone's paying attention to him, right? You're That's the guy, if you get a chance to double somebody, you're going to double. And yeah, just amazing those two have the, the connection. Now, all the rules are in favor of the passing game, right? If you're a defensive back, yeah. you can't even touch anybody. But, nah. but you know, and I thought you were going to fight back on that one. Being nah, a former you can't. Receiver. You can't. <laughs> it's hard out there for the defense, man. Yeah, so, yeah, I think – even though everybody knows that it's it's coming. I mean, do you think in Arizona they didn't know that Jamar oh, yeah. Chase and him have a connection and he yeah. still got loose for, was it 192 yards? 192 and three touchdowns. I think that's a, a Cincinnati Bengal record. Yeah, I know the catches are for sure, 15 catches. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing what they're what they're doing offensively. And then defensively, they're just they're a solid group. But the other guy that's hurt is a woozy. Yeah. And I think that would be another guy. He's a corner, and I feel like that's another guy they probably won't play. We'll see, but I, I feel like if that was Pete Carroll's decision, he would have both him and T. Higgins out this game and, you know, yep. get the two weeks from the bye week. Yep. Uh, about a minute left here, Dave. Stopping the run. The Bengals aren't great when it comes to running the football or stopping the run. Is it as simple as just take care of the ground and you're good? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you're, you're saying, hey, if you can, if you're going to beat us, beat us with, you know, the best combination of quarterback, wide receiver, we're going to shut down the run. I have to say, though, going into every single game, that was what every single coach said. Right. Even if they had a crappy running game, it'd be like, look, we're going to shut this down because they're not very good. Or if they're really good, it's like, okay, you know, that's obviously the priority. That's the, the thing they went through last year, and it was just demoralizing, and they're doing a much better job this year. Yep, all about that run. We'll see what that matchup looks like with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow and how this defense works it out. All right, man, uh, we're going to be joined by some players coming up next. We've got Dre Jones, got Jared Reed. Gino's going to speak at the podium. We are just getting started here on The Huddle. All that's coming up next. This, this is The Huddle. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Every Thursday from noon to 2 on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to The Huddle. I'm Michael Bumpus with Dave Wyman. We'll be joined by Draymond Jones here pretty soon, man. And speaking of Jones, that defensive box was on point, man. What did you see against these New York football giants a couple weeks ago? Yeah, it just looks like everybody knows exactly where they need to be. And, you know, they're fulfilling responsibilities. I think Jaron Reed, which I believe we're going to talk to later, uh, he's just... Is that right? Jared Reed. <laughs> oh, Jared Reed. Other Reed. Jay, uh, other Jay Reed. the other one. Yeah, Jaron Reed, is. Uh, he's really been a hero in there because not only is he just – he's taken on, you know, uh, clogging up the middle, but he's also got some stats now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody forgets that he, he blocked a kick against uh, against the Rams. I was talking about that yesterday that, like, he takes pride in that kind of stuff. Right. When I went to Denver, I was the up back on the field goal team, and I loved it, and I was, I was good at it. So when I went to Denver, I was like, I want to be on that team. And, uh, yeah, and then I ended up getting rewarded with a touchdown because we ran a fake, you know, nice. whatever. But, like, I cared about it, right? Because right. usually when you're a starter, you don't really care about special teams, and, you know, you're kind of – you know, like, okay, I'll, I'll do this and just kind of go through the motions. And he blocked a kick against the Rams, and it just 
uh, I think it just exemplified the fact that he is always going as hard as he possibly can. But Dre Jones has had also a, a really good year, and you see uh, Mario Edwards Jr. Yeah. is playing really well, and I feel like it's so much different than last year that everybody knows what their gap is before the ball snaps. I think that's one of the signs of a good team, right? When you have starters on special teams, because a lot of the yeah. times those starters, you know, they're like, man, I'm too good for this. Like you mentioned, right? Some guys um, – think they're past that in their career and a lot of the times these guys are, are still on special teams so I think amongst a whole bunch of other things when you have guys um, on special teams starters on special teams getting it done um, I think that's a great indication of yeah. uh, a team that's willing to willing to sacrifice as a uh, Dre Jones is sitting down to join us right now man uh, how you feeling, man? Bye week. You stay in town. You go home to see fam. What, what you get into? I mean, you know, it's all over the world, man. Just trying to <laughs> move around a little bit, but I did go home. You know. Where's home for you? Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. All right. Not going mm -hmm. back to Denver anymore. Uh, oh. If I get tattooed, maybe. I was gonna say only your tattoo artist. Yeah. I think you said. That's about it, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. did, just took time though to heal up, and you know, do. Did you have to come in for treatment yeah. or anything like uh, that? No, they they were, they were pretty lax on me. I mean, I've been banged up these past couple of weeks, just battling, just like. Little knickknacks, which I haven't really been dealing with throughout my career, so it's kind of, kind of a new thing to adjust to. So yeah. I got to get over that. Um, I'm getting over it now. So you know, this week I should be as healthy as I've been since week one. Yeah. Man, it was fun to watch you guys get after it um, against the Giants, and I'm watching you guys just dominate and takes me back from when I played. And I go, that's when the conversation is the most fun on the mm -hmm. field when your boy's eating, he's eating, you're mm -hmm. eating. Um, what, what's that What's that camaraderie like when you know you're just dominating the football team? Uh, you just – the confidence, the boost just goes up to the roof. Like you just got – you feel like you can do anything. You feel like anything, everything's going to work and they're not going to score or they're not going to get a first down. It's just like – it's just so much fun. Like you know, it feels like, you know, we back there playing football again. Right. Yeah. How complicated is it um – played a long time ago and it was like okay I got this gap you got that gap but is it is has it changed a lot like do you is there a lot to think about or is there has Clint kind of put you guys in a position of like I know what my gap is I'm gonna hit this gap and control it and or is it more complicated um there's easy components and then there's hard components to it too like you know just like anything else like you got the plays where it's, it's very simple for you and then there's other times where if that guy goes down, you got to redirect there, or you know, some it could be three calls. I mean, this I mean three. They could be the same name, have three different things attached to them, and we got like abundance of plays, and anything could be called sometimes. So yeah. there's some complications to it, but you know, it's the game we play, and, right? it, and it makes sense to you, right? Yeah, it makes sense to me. You know, yeah. I, at first, nah, to be real with you, <laughs> no, I was just trying to figure it out, but I've gotten better at trying to piece together like certain words to where they mean the same thing, I can just like, all right, that means that and that uh, and that old car that we had. Or sometimes I even piece things together that I had in Denver. Yeah. They, they'll sound similar. Okay. That's why I tell people on the offensive side, Matt Hasselbeck had the longest play calls. And I listen for two things that relate to me. I go, all right, listen to that, listen to that. And then as you get more comfortable, you, you start to piece them all together. Yeah, yeah. That's what it sounds like. What, uh, what was it like? You had uh, Jamal Adams for nine plays, mm -hmm. but – I've, I haven't seen a guy in a long time have a, the big impact that he had in nine plays. What was it like for y'all having 3-3 three, three out there? Uh, you know, I mean, I can't really speak too much because I haven't played with him that much, but I know the energy was definitely something different that we hadn't had like that in the beginning of a game. Usually our, we're kind of down and then we get picked up, but like from the jump, when he was out there, his presence was felt. And uh, it was good to have him out there. I mean, we, we need more of it. You know, and I, I'm sure he wants to bring more of it too. All right. So uh, I'm excited to have him out there. I know he's, he's a, a high-energy guy, so we're going to need that. Especially against this good team. Yeah. You guys got Devin Witherspoon tonight? Yep. Yeah. 
what's that kid like? I mean, just a, just a typical rookie or that. I mean, I, he's not a big guy, but he just seems to have great instincts. Yeah, I mean, he is who he is. I mean, I can't I can't describe more than that. I mean, y'all can get a taste of him later on tonight, like you said. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a he's a great player. And he has a lot of room to grow, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's only about, what, 21, 22 years old? Yeah. And, and game four, he got a whole college season left for football. Yeah. If you think about it like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> guys going to Cincinnati, um, they're, they're a weird team because I was talking to Dave. I go, you look at them on paper, you say, oh, 31st offense, 31st this, 27th that. But then you look at personnel and you go, okay, this should be a good football team. What, what type of challenges do you see? going up against the Bengals? Uh, I mean, this, this is a team that's been developing throughout the past couple of years. Like, uh, they had the same weapons they had, really, when they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, minus probably one or two guys, and but they, the, main, the main core is still there. Um, you know, they have that chemistry. They've been building. They've been talking. I mean, yeah, they've, they've dealt with some injuries, but, you know, you can't let a team like that get going. I mean, they, they know how to play together. They know how to read off each other. So we got to make sure we do our part. What do you think about Joe Burrow? Is he uh, – I was trying to – I think I like him, but I think he's kind of cocky too. I don't know if you've seen any of his, his press conferences, mm-hmm. but he he just seems to have like a the one thing I know that we t- both talked about it. He seems to always know where Jamar Chase is, yeah. no matter what. But as far as like, can you see the difference between him in the first couple of weeks versus now? Because it looks like he's healthier. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can, you definitely can. I think he, he's he's building a confidence. I've been knowing Joe for a while though. I've been yeah. known, I've been knowing for a long time. We went to school together, so. Yeah, I think he's, he's he's always been cocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but he pulls it off. Like I I like him. You know, like he he. Well, uh, I don't want to say it. A little white boy swag. It's cool though. It's cool. It fits him. You know, it's cool. It it's authentic. It, it don't fin- it don't seem like he yeah. is, is forcing it, and that's yeah, why I can appreciate. Yeah, yeah. It. He's always, he's always been like that from yeah. from the time I can remember back when we were younger. Yeah. That's why I appreciate about players. I'm like, whether you're like the good guy, or the bad guy in between, as long as it feels authentic to me, I'm like, all right, man, yeah, go, yeah, go ahead and do yeah, your thing. Yeah, he's not forcing it. Yeah, nah, for he's sure. Not, he's not. And I know I've been, and unfortunately, I've been, I'm, I'm tired of seeing Joe on the Cincinnati Bengals on Twitter. I'm not on one. I'm tired of social media, man. I always post about him and stuff like that. Yeah. Are you going to talk some mess to him? More than likely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You Are you a talker out there? Talk a little uh, bit. I can be. It, yeah. dep- it, it depends on the situation. Right. It depends on who it is. I feel that. Yeah, yeah don't poke the bear. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. All right. Well, man, it's it's great having you in here. Hey, D-Line, oh, t- tell us, you know, I don't mean to ask you about everybody else, but I'm just curious about Jay Reed, Jaron mm-hmm. Reed, what he's brought to the table. And, you know, he was here a few years ago and then went to KC and now he's back. And, you know, we're just talking about him blocking a kick and, you know, seems like he's getting lots of stats. It's hard to get stats for the inside guys, right? I mean, you guys do all the unsung hero work down there, right? Yeah. So, you know, Jay Reed, his leadership Things like that, you yeah, guys. Yeah, it's been it's been huge, you know. Uh, it's been a pleasure to work with, a pleasure to play with. Um, you know, he's making me feel comfortable because he, you know, he gets it uh, coming into a new system. That uh, and you know, he's coming back. He's coming back to his baby, you know, because you know, Kurt was his coach, and now he's a DC, so he, he's super familiar with this place. So yeah. he helped me out get with getting more familiar with this place. You know, I'm coming into a whole new situation, and you know, it's, it's taking some time to adjust for me. So. No, that's the type of person he is, you know, just looking out for people, uh, just being that leader, uh, you know, unsung leader. You know, people don't always, like, you know, say his name, yeah. you know, as a, as a leader role. But, you know, it, it, it's definitely something that, that I've noticed, this team noticed that, you know, that doesn't always get highlighted like it should have, Right. you know. All right, Dre, man, we appreciate you taking time, safe travels, and uh, go do what you do. Appreciate that, man. All right, man, that was, that was Dre Jones. When we come back, we'll be joined by Jerry Reed. That is next on The Huddle.
This is the Huddle. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Every Thursday from noon to 2 on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to the Huddle. I'm Michael Bumpus with Dave Wyman. And right now we're joined by Jarek Reed the second. See, I named my son Michael Bumpus after me. And I didn't want to call him Junior, so I threw the second on that. It, what's the reason for the second? Is it the same thing or that's just same thing? Just... You know, everybody got like the Junior at the end uh-huh. of their name. It's like they call him like JJ. They call my dad JJ. Um, so my the whole background was like, me getting called the second. It just sounds different and right. it sounds better. It looked good on the jersey it looked too. Great on the jersey. Yeah, yeah. great on the jersey. Those are my reasons. I go. It sounds better and it looks better on the jersey. Yep. Well, not only that, you got another Reed on on the field, so it yeah, you. little J Reed for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There you go. And he just got a regular Reed on back of his jersey. You know, it's kind of just basic, you know? <laughs> right? Yours is superior. Exactly. Did so you, you did you tell him that? No, you know, he's a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> he knows it though. I don't have to say too much. He knows it. I I was telling Bump that we we had you on, and I was like, he does. Jerick doesn't come off as a rookie. You you seem like you're you're kind of a salty veteran. A little bit. I can't say the V word and out there to the other vets. You know, they get they take take a hold of that. But no, you know, just being around a lot of vets in our room who just molded me and just introduced me to the game and into this this league. You know, it's different from going from college. Like I said in previous interviews, it's different. So when like when you have guys like uh, B Wags, Jamal, Diggs, Gino, I mean, they just show you the ropes. They show you how to carry yourself and also be yourself. Be a rookie, enjoy it. But you know. As the years go on, you got to start acting a certain way. Yeah. Man, so you're from Olive Branch, Mississippi. I got family. Sir. That's where my family's from, but we're from down south in, uh, in Biloxi, Mississippi. Okay, yeah, by the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah my dad was in the military, so that's all I happened over mm-hmm. there at Keesler. And then you go to New Mexico, and now you up in Seattle. You keep getting further and further away, man. Further from the south. Man. I literally was just talking about, like, you go in the locker room right now, and the guys are playing spades. They're playing cars. And it's like, man, I'm losing my roots a little bit just because, <laughs> I mean, I go home once or twice a year. Yeah. You know, I only get to talk to my family on the phone. And I, and I honestly, I miss that. I miss the southerness. I miss the soul food. I miss the cookouts. I really do. But, like, it's been a blessing to get, be able to get out and see the world for going from the south to the west coast and Pacific Northwest. It's, it's dope. But, you know, you sometimes you miss home. You miss where right. you came from. And you don't want to say it, but you lose some of that yep. in the transition. Yep. Just in case you don't know, if you don't know how to play spades or dominoes, Dave, when you go home, it's all bad for you. Yeah, it's all or, bad. <laughs> if you ever get invited to a cookout, for sure know how to play those two things. <laughs> I, I don't know dominoes because I'm a West Coast guy, but spades, we used to play all the time in college. Yeah. You so, yeah. How, how's your how's your wrist action throwing the cars down? You got? Yeah, I didn't do that. <laughs> I was just kind of <laughs> quiet. You got you to gotta throw them down. You got to smack I know they do down. that in dominoes. No, you got to throw them down. Sometimes the car go on, onto the, the other opponent. Yep. That's what you want. Though. You want to disrespect them. Like, yeah, I just want your spot. We yeah. getting you ready, Dave. <laughs> Rub it in, huh? <laughs> Uh, so how we, how do you feel now versus, like, that first week? You know, being a rookie, going out there, I know it's a lot faster. There's a lot more to think about and all that stuff. Uh, how do you feel after, like, four – I feel like these are, like, dog years in the NFL. No, yeah, you know, like, sure. the last four or five weeks has been, like, three months, right? Or how, how do you – are you starting to pick things up? 100%. It- um, it's been going a lot quicker than I expected. Like, we're on week six right now. Um, but from the start, you walk out there, you have 60,000-plus – Screaming, screaming like your team name, your name, and coming from New Mexico, where we had like a sold out crowd of like thirty five thousand, going to sixty thousand, and you playing on TV, yeah. you know it's a big jump. But you know that's like I said before, like man, that fuels you to go out there and play better. You know, at first, like the game is moving faster. You got a lot of vets out there, a lot of guys who've been in this league and been doing this for so long, and they are used to the speed. 
So it's like you just got to take it one, one play at a time, one step at a time. And throughout the weeks, I've been just getting more comfortable with it. You know, it's still some stuff that's still new to me, obviously. Like, I haven't played a full game on defense yet. But I'm learning it each and every week. It's slowing down a little bit. Man, I remember when they drafted you, I put on your film – and uh, you got instincts, man. You were flying around, making big hits, uh, big plays on special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are running down on special teams, is uh, does it feel the same? Does it feel faster? What, is there a difference? Or are you just in your zone being the Jay Reed that you've been your whole life? Uh, honestly, now it's, it, man, it's, it's second nature now. So it's like when I step on that field, if it's defense, special teams, it's like, man, I'm going to go out there and make a play. Especially for me right now, my role is special teams. I'm mm-hmm. a core guy. I'm on every single one, kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return, hands team. So it's like that's my role. That's where I'm getting my offset. So every time I'm on that field, man, I'm taking advantage of it. You know, right now I'm number one in the, in the league with special team tackles. Let's go. So, you know, it's just they told me I can go pro bowl. From there, I'm like, yep. okay, cool. Yeah. You know, until I get my chance on defense, I'm still working hard for that, still yep. studying my plays, preparing. You know, you never know. But as far as right now, it's a special team. So I'm going to do my – my full job and go out there and make plays. That's so, awesome. What uh, What's your favorite? Uh, uh, Gunner, for sure, Gunner. Okay. Do you, do you get double teamed out there a lot? I haven't been paying attention. Uh, no, nah, for some reason they just don't want to. I think this week I am, though. Uh, Cincinnati's a big return team, uh, so they usually double the kick side Gunner. So we're going to see how that game goes. But, you know, it's just I me mean, practice. Practice is re- really harder than the game. So we'll see how that goes. You know what you should do? Well, you got two guys, if they double team you, just grab their helmets and Slam them together. <laughs> if it was that easy, right? I'll Wouldn't do it every nice? time. Yeah, I'll do it every single time. Well, I'm surprised there are not more fights because that. I mean, you see the way when those guys double team the the single mm-hmm. gunner, it's like there's no rules. If you if you both have hands on them, you can hold them, pull yeah. them, grab them, bite them. There's no flat coming. Yeah. And so it's like for the other side, us the gunners is like. Man, get outside, get out, get out of bounds get as quick as you bounds. can, yep. yeah. quick as you can, and just run your 15 and just dive right back in and try to like split them up, attack one. Like it's hard. Obviously, you get jumped by two guys. It's, it's hard to win that fight. So right. You gotta f- figure it out, find yeah. a way. It's like a street brawl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't nobody care if you get hemmed up either. So that's nah. why you got You just gotta make your play. Yeah. My first time ever being a gunner was in the NFL, and I got double teamed by Chicago. And they 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 beat me up. I came to the side. I go, coach, they can do that. They go, yeah, they can do that. <laughs> and it's like it's, there's no saving you. You out there by yourself. There's no picks coming. Like Nothing. it's mono against two. Yep. You yep. know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's a tough job, but it's fun though. Once you beat them, yeah. go down there and make a play. Uh-huh. Man, it's fun. Yeah. You um you find I remember when I moved. So I'm from California, so mm-hmm. then I went to school in Eastern Washington, then moved out here playing for the Hawks. And the hardest part was just getting around, man. Mm-hmm. It was like, are you comfortable finding your way around town now, or are you kind of just stay in your block and, and call it good? Uh, for the most part, since I be here all the time, I usually just stay. I really stay in Renton, but like on the off days and days where we have more time, I mean, I, I love Bellevue. I've been mm-hmm. in Bellevue a lot. I try to find my way around there. You know, I get my body work out there from Doctor B. Um, so I try to get out there, go to Kirkland and then Seattle, one of the places where I really stay away from just cause of traffic and yeah. parking. Well, I was just talking to, uh, old, old dude about the parking, man. I, I have tickets. <laughs> I was talking to D love about a ticket. I just got for like a traffic violation. They took a picture of my license plate and sent it home. I got a <laughs> ticket, man. Back home to Mississippi. Yeah. So my car's, uh, my car's, uh, address is back at home, Mississippi. Uh-huh. So they sent the ticket. My mom sent me that. 140. I'm like, dog, what did I do that? <laughs> so I stay away from Seattle for yeah. real. But like Renton, Bellevue, Kirkland, I've been in the area a lot just trying to explore, see yep. more things, see more things around the area. Right. Hey, uh, getting back to football, Jarek, real quick. Um, how many 
It seems like there's lots of guys on your defensive backfield that mm -hmm. can play multiple positions. And is, I mean, somebody was talking about, I think it was KJ, was talking about possibly moving Diggs up into strong safety and mm -hmm. let him make more plays. But is that the, the case? I mean, is that what it looks like? Because it looks like to me everybody's playing a bunch of different positions. you got Kobe Bryant mm -hmm. playing safety. I mean, it's kind of kind of new to me, yeah. you know, having guys play that many different positions. Or you can play – now, can you play nickel and safety? Or? Nickel, safety. Um, and like I said before, you know, it's just the versatility of our room. You know, in this day and age, you can't just have one guy play one position and this guy play that position. You know, injuries happen, stuff happen, guys are not performing on the level you need them to perform at, so you got to move guys around. So it's vital that, you know, everyone in your DBs can be interchangeable and move around. So it's like, yeah, I mean, if they want to, the game plans for Diggs to go to strong safety and out of the post, I mean, we can, we can make that happen. He knows the cause. If you want Jay Love to go to the post instead of being down, he knows that he can do that. Jamal came back. We put him at nickel, you know, big nickel, and then he also played Dom, and now he's playing safety. So it's like you have to be interchangeable because different schemes require you to be in different positions. And if you just one-dimensional, you can't survive on this defense. And so you got to evolve with the game. It's not – Back when the Legion of Boom, you know, those guys just played their positions. Right. Nowadays, we all have to play multiple positions to be great. All right, well, Jerry Reed, the second, the second. Multiple positions can get it all done, man. We appreciate you taking time out of your no, day. for sure, man. Thank you guys for having me. Thank for sure. sure. All right, when we come back, man, we'll hear from Gino as he steps up to the podium. That's next on The Huddle. This, this is The Huddle. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Every Thursday from noon to 2 on Seattle Sports. You are listening to The Huddle on Michael Bumas with Dave Wyman. Right now, we're going to the podium. Gino is live. Out of a bye week, what's that do for you? You know, it was big for me in terms of recovery, you know, just getting my body right. Uh, obviously, um, you know, took a little bit of a hit and uh, had to leave the game. So just to be able to have a, a week off to allow my, uh, you know, my knee to rest and my ankle to rest. So um, just recovery and uh, also, uh, you know, extra week, you know, to prepare, get stronger, uh, study your opponent, um, you know, put some things in, you know, figure out some some things, that, some ways to get better and, uh, you know, doing a lot of self-scouting as well. So overall, it was uh, it was really, really important for us to get that. And, you know, I think we, uh, you know, we did, did what we were supposed to do on the bye week. When he first came down on your legs, did you fear that was a big deal? I did, um, I did, um, but you know, like I said after the game, you know, just you know, thankful that uh, I was able to, you know, come out of, come out of that without any major injury. How's it felt the last couple of days of practice? Progressively gotten better every day, um, and I, I assume that'll continue. The NFL apparently looked at that and decided nothing was wrong with that hit. Do, do you have a thought on that? I mean, do you think that kind of play in general should not exist? Or? Uh, you know, I know it's a tough game, man. I know it's, uh, it's a lot going on out there. What I will say is I know that style of tackle was banned by rugby. And, uh, you know, there's been a, a lot of cases where that's caused injuries. And, uh, you know, I just think it was, in my opinion, was unnecessary um, on the sideline out of bounds. But obviously they didn't think so. So, um, you know, who cares what I got to say? When it comes to your offensive line, we've seen a lot of injuries. Everybody says next man up, but not everybody can deliver mm -hmm. and play at a high level. Why is your offensive line able to do that? Yeah, I think, well, you, you got to start with their coach, with Andy, um, just the way that he coaches those guys, the unity inside of that room. Um, he coaches every single guy as if they're the starter. And, uh, you know, he, he forces them to prepare that way. And so, obviously, we know we love to have our, our starting guys out there, but um, we've had situations where a bunch of different guys have had to step up. And uh, in our recent, you know, most recent game, you've seen Evan, you know, go to guard and Olu step in and play center. And, 
uh, you know, A.B. getting in there and, um, you know, Ben Brown getting in there and uh, just a ton of guys stepping up. And so uh, I think it just starts with, with Andy and the way that he coaches. I think it's uh, a, lot, a lot has to do with our system, uh, the way that we practice, and then overall just those individual guys, um, you know, knowing their assignment, being professionals, and then stepping in and doing a great job. When you self-scouted the offense over the bye, what stood out to you? Yeah, um, you know, a lot of positives. Uh, you know, we, we've been really good at sustaining drives. Uh, you know, I feel like we've started fast for the most part. Uh, first and second down has been phenomenal. Um, you know, when we've had to pass uh, a bunch, you know, we've been efficient. And uh, overall, we scored a lot of points. Um, but uh, I say that knowing that we can be a lot better, knowing that I can be a lot better, um, specifically on third down, um, you know, specifically in the red zone. And so, uh, you know, I always look at things with a, a glass half full, you know, mindset. And so I look at it as a, a way for us to improve and maybe be the number one offense in the NFL. You know, I think we're a top five, top 10 offense, but if we can clean up some of the, the little things, you know, I think, you know, that's what we're striving to be is to be the best offense in football. And so we've got to clean those things up. And, I, you know, I think we'll have opportunities to do that, you know, in the future. When you look at a guy like Trey Hendrickson, what part of his skill set is the toughest to counter? You know, I think he's a, uh, He's a technician. You know, he, he understands leverage. He understands uh, he's got a ton of different moves and counter moves. Um, you know, right now he's got six sacks, you know, so he's very productive. Um, a guy who's going to give it everything he's got um, to the final whistle. And, uh, you know, another another great, you know, challenge for us up front. And, uh, you know, that's going to be every single week. It's the way the NFL is built. And so we, we've got to be ready for him and, and all their guys. they got a, a bunch of really good guys across that front four and really in their front seven. And, um, you know, they bring a lot of different looks. And uh, they challenge you in multiple ways. And so we just got to be prepared for it. And, uh, and then finally just go out there and execute. Good games on the road these last two years. Big numbers, actually better numbers. Feel splits than home. Is there something to that challenge you like of being on the road and sort of everybody against you? Uh, I, I do enjoy being on the road. You know, the crowd really gives me a lot of energy, and I love being home as well. You know, our crowd gives me energy here too. Uh, I just think um, it's just kind of how it's been. You know, just how it's been, and uh, we've had a lot of leads at home, and so we've been running the ball in the fourth quarters and the second halves, and so uh, when we're on the road, you know, we, we played a, a bunch of close games where we've had to pass uh, late in those games, and so I think that's just probably what it is more than anything. Do you know, in, in facing a pass rush with a good defense, like you said, almost every week, what is the key in, in executing? How do you do that? Yeah, I mean, it starts, uh, you know, obviously it starts with the little things like calling the plays in the huddle and um, getting to the line of scrimmage, um, you know, in the proper fashion, you know, really having that tempo. Uh, we want to be an up-tempo offense. So it starts with that, you know, getting in and out of the huddle, uh, getting our substitutions right, calling the plays right, and getting to the line of scrimmage. And then uh, just doing our process, right, making the mic points, uh, whether that's the pass or the run game. And then uh, once the ball snapped, every single guy doing his job to the best of his ability. Uh, it really comes down to all 11 men playing together and playing connected. Uh, there was really no secret recipe to it. And so we just got to go out there and do our jobs. Uh, and, you know, I can only speak for myself when I say, you know, I got to be the one that makes everyone else around me better. And so that's really where um, I can, I can you know, help everyone out is continuing to elevate guys and make them better. Self-scouting a little bit over the bye. How, how big a focus was third down for you? Huge focus, huge focus. Um, you know, that's the area, like I said, you know, seems like since week one, we've need to improve on and, uh, We've been scoring a bunch of points regardless. And, and so that's why I say if we get another, if, if we can clean that up, get better at that, 
who knows where our offense can be, you know? So we want to continue to focus on our strengths, which is being great on first and second down, being efficient. But then if we can, you know, fix our weakness, you know, who knows where we can go. So just working on the little things and trying to, you know, correct the simple things. It's not huge glaring um, mistakes that are happening. It's just one one thing here or there, and uh, it's, it's affecting us on third down. Schematically, what are some hallmarks of Cincy's defense? Uh, you know, they there are multiple. Multiple, um, you know, they'll rush four. They got four, you know, great guys, great pass rushers, and then uh, you know they'll send five, six, or seven. You know, and, and they got some zero. So uh, they have a bunch of different looks, and um, they like to be multiple. They're game plan defense, so uh, you you know you'll know what you'll get on game day. Um, it'll be something different than we've seen on tape, uh, and that's pretty much how it is all the time for us. So um, they present a bunch of challenges. Um, you know, they have a really good D coordinator, a really smart head coach, and so uh, I assume it's going to be that ultimate chess match like always nowadays do that where they sort of everything is game plan specific versus sort of sticking to what you do best week in and week out uh, I think it just comes down to philosophy and, and the coordinator and the coach. Um, some defenses say we'll line up and play what we play and you have to beat us. Some guys will say, hey, we're going to give you a bunch of different looks and we're going to switch it up and, and see if you can make the right calls, the right checks, and uh, see if we can cause some confusion. And so it just comes down to which coordinator, how they feel about um, their philosophy and their players. Do you, do you think anything, do you guys need to do anything to get Jackson involved a little bit more? Or do you think that'll just kind of happen kind of naturally? Yeah, I think uh, there's obviously a lot of em emphasis on it. You know, we got to continue to, you know, give them the ball, you know, in the right times, in the right moments. But um, those things will happen over the course of the season. Uh, you know, I think he's been doing a great job, as I've always said. He's a great player, and he's going to make so many plays. And I know, you know, he, you know, it hasn't gone exactly the way that he's probably wanted it, but um, that's the league, man. Every, every, It's only one football um, and we got we got to go out there and play to win. And uh, Jackson's going to make a ton of big plays for us. He's going to be, you know, the star player that he's always been. And so, um, you know, it's just letting him, you know, be himself and you know let the ball come to him when it comes. If anything, have you said to him? Uh, just been, you know, just uplifting him, encouraging him um, as always. Uh, you know, spending extra time watching film and, uh, you know, really just showing him and teaching him the things that we're seeing as quarterbacks. And then overall, man, just. You know, working with him. You know, it's really just a process. You know, it's a step-by-step -step process, and he's very young in that process. And so, we just got to continue to work with him, and he's continuing to work hard. So, uh, as long as his spirits are high, which they are, uh, we're in a good place. And so, we just got to keep working on it. Why do you feel, as a leader, why do you feel that you need to speak to him on that? He's a first-round pick. He's probably got all these expectations. Yeah, exactly what you said. You know, expectations can be a mug, you know, for a bunch of people. And I think the thing that you have to remain confident is, in is your uh, your process, right? The process over the results, right? Everyone's looking at the results and seeing numbers and stats. And, it's you know, everyone's big on fantasy. But the things that he's done within the game to help us win, the blocking on in the run game, um, you know, ways that he's, you know, run his routes that allow other guys to get open, um, that's, that's helping our offense. And so the process that he's in right now is just continuing to grow as a young player, and the results will come, you know, over time. Gino, when you think of how much shuffling there's had to be on the offensive line and the way you guys have been able to perform through four games, just what's your kind of take on how good that group's managed to handle all the stuff that's been thrown at them? Uh, just, you know, very, very happy for those guys. Um, very appreciative. Obviously, they're protecting me uh, back there. And, uh, you know, just appreciative of, of the way that Andy's coached them, the way that Shane's helped them out with the play calling and uh, different uh, things schematically we've done. Um, and overall, just the way that they've played. You know, each one of those guys I know um, 
has high expectations for each uh, for themselves as 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 they should. And when they step in the game, you know they're a part of this offense. We're uh, an eleven man unit. Plan is one, and so it doesn't matter who's out there. Uh, we've all got to go out there and get the job done. All right, that was Geno Smith, your quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, dropping some knowledge, man. When we return, we got the second hour of the huddle. We'll be joined by Big Ray Roberts. We're going in the trenches. That's next. This this is the huddle. Every Thursday from noon to 2. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Let's go in! The huddle. You are listening to the huddle every Thursday right here from 12 to 2. I am Michael Bumpus with my guy Dave Wyman and now we are joined by the big homie 72 <laughs> Big Ray how you doing man I'm chilling like a villain with a gold to feeling Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on offensive linemen don't speak like that That's a receiver That's receiver I'm, a, I'm an offensive lineman I'm an old dude trying to keep up with the young dudes like Bumpus you know yeah, yeah. I have to have a few bars every now and again, Dave. <laughs> well, Ray does have a reception, so you know what, Ray? You're you're in the club, man. You're in the club. This is true. And I <laughs> and I have a nice little uh, you know, pitch option, you know, quarterback pitch man relationship too, you know. Yeah, you showed me that last week. You showed me that last week. Hey, um wait, what are we talking about here? Yeah, describe it to him, Ray. Let him know. No, so there was a game, uh, and when I was in Detroit, we're playing the Chicago Bears, and it was right before halftime. So we're trying to get in field goal position. And so we literally, Scott Mitchell and Herman Moore, you know, back in the day when you used to get in the huddle and you use your finger, like on the playground, to draw the little play up in the dirt. We <laughs> yeah. literally drew this play up in the dirt. And, and so they tried to throw a quick slant to Brett Perriman. He was supposed to pitch it to Johnny Morton. And then Johnny was supposed to pitch it to Barry. Well, when when, Barry, when Brett caught the ball, he got hit and just tossed it up in the air. And so it came right to me. So I caught it. Well, I knew the plan. So I started running, and I saw Johnny Morton on my left. I just pitched him the ball as uh, Brian Cox and someone else lit me up. So, <laughs> so you know, I got I have a few skills in that days. You know, big three hundred thirty pound, you know, option quarterback. Yeah, I, thank God I didn't have to tackle you ever. That would be, <laughs> yeah, that'd be tough. I'd be taking the knees out. Sorry. Yeah, that was a tough one to explain. When we got to the locker room because the coach was like, "What?" Is this? Yeah. <laughs> hey Ray, uh, you know I was I was saying I think just as a general theme, like you don't I, I I think because of preseason and all the lack. I hate to sound like the the grumpy old man, but like I feel like there's not as much hitting and contact in, in the camps and also the preseason, the teams are like this this time of year, they're starting to kind of figure themselves out. They're starting to kind of hit their stride, and uh, it looks like that kind of happened with Cincinnati. I know they had had injuries and everything, but I feel like uh, that's we see a lot of that in the NFL, that there are some teams out there that you don't really know if they're good or not just because, you know, that. I don't know whether it's injuries or just not getting up to speed fast enough because of all the lack of contact in the preseason. I, I would agree with that, Dave, uh, especially for in the trenches, because one of the, the things about, you know, playing the offensive line is like you have to learn not only how to get into the block, but how to finish the block. And so a lot of, you know, in practice and, and then a lot of the starters aren't getting a whole lot of reps in the, in the preseason uh, that stuff, all that muscle memory and stuff has to kind of work itself back into what you do. And then we see that on defense with the tackling. 
early in the season. So you got to, it's not that they don't know how to tackle. They don't practice tackling, you know, but you don't practice it at the pace and the intensity that you would do in a football game. And then when I look at the Cincinnati Bengals, um, there's just, they have too many weapons to not be good. Mm. You know, they got Jamar Chase, who's always freaking open. And then you got Mixon who can, you know, run the ball really well. Their offensive line is always kind of, in flux, but they can put things together and make things happen. Then you have Joe Burrow. Joe Cool is a, a guy that just, I mean, when he's in the game, whether he's 100% or 80%, uh, you have to feel like you're going to have a chance to win. And then on defense, they have some dudes that can really, you know, get after the quarterback. So uh, they have a, a really solid roster. You know, I don't know what their depth is like, but, you know, the, the, the 22 they put on the field um, is is good enough to, to go on a streak and win some games. You know, I was listening to, Joe Burrow uh, earlier this week, and they were asking him about the season up until this point, and he pretty much kind of said what what you said, Dave. Was like he feels like they're just kind of hitting their stride, and that they're just you know the whole we're just trying to be one and zero this this week, and then just kind of see how things start to pan out as we get closer to the end of the season and the playoff position and the stuff like that. So I do think it, it takes them a little bit to to get into rhythm in some of these teams uh, as the season goes on. Hey Ray, you um you put out a tweet. I want to say it was after the Giants game, really talking about the depth of the offensive line and showing Andy Dickerson some love. And I think it was a great tweet because people don't realize that you're only as good as your weakest link. People say that all the time, but you don't really understand it because a lot of the times you don't get to your weakest link. All right, and I feel like <laughs> with the offensive line, they've gotten to the weakest link. And the links still seem pretty strong to me, Big Ray. <laughs> like, well, just talk yeah. about just how that offensive line looks and what Andy Dickerson have done, has done to make sure these guys are ready. Well, the best offensive line coach I ever played for was Howard Mudd. And uh, Howard Mudd, to me, is probably one of the greatest offensive line coaches in the history of the league. And, uh, and the thing that he does really, really well is that he coached to every single player. And he coached to each player's strengths. So instead of, like, you know, Tom Cable, when he was here, he had a certain way that he wanted the tackles to play and a certain way he wanted the guards to play in the sense And you had to fit what you did into how he wanted it. Uh, Howard and Andy do a good job of saying, what is this dude's strengths? And how do we use his strengths to work in our system? And then how do I coach to that? And so a lot of times when I would go to training camp, I wasn't really watching the offensive line. I was watching and listening to him. So like a couple times I got in trouble by the security people because I was trying to get too close because I wanted to hear what he was saying. and uh, But uh, but he does a really good job of that. And so when you have dudes that, I mean, against Detroit, they were down to one reserve lineman left, and they were still able to play well, you know, create some running room. They only gave up uh, – I don't think they only gave up one hit. The one sack came from Geno's um, Michael Vick scramble. Um, and uh, But <laughs> – but, in order for this team, when, when people say next man up, it ain't a matter of just going, oh, here's another big body to put in there. The next man up has to be ready, he, and he has to be coached to be ready. And Andy does a good job of doing that. Yeah, and you know what? The Giants were complaining about their plight, you know, with uh, having, what, three different iterations of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, of their, their offensive line, and we got 11 sacks on them. And, yeah, it was – and and I, I don't know if you agree with this, Ray. Since you played tackle, you you just might. But we were talking to Mark Schlereth, who was a guard, and he said it's really really hard to run an offense and win games when you're missing both tackles. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, if you think about – the thing is, is the groups, the different position groups on in the NFL, the offensive line, you really truly have to have five dudes that work that operate as one. And so when those dudes – that's what makes Seattle's success so far amazing. Because when those dudes don't get a whole lot of reps together, you don't get to know the dude beside you. You know, like I, when I – every guard I've played with, I knew exactly what their strengths and weaknesses were and they knew what mine were. So on certain plays, I can just give a look and be like, yo, dude, you know I'm going to need some help on the inside right here. Like, I don't, I don't have to say it. I just look at the dude, and he goes, I got you. And then the same thing for him. You know, and so to, to create that continuity and that type of chemistry takes a lot of playing together and a lot of reps together. So when you start taking guys in and out of the lineup and you have 15 different iterations of a, a starting line, you lose that. And, and if you lose that, you're going to lose some efficiency of your offense. He is the office of lineman extraordinaire. Big Ray Roberts, he'll join me tonight at Bellevue Square for uh, Hawks Live. Man, I'm looking forward to it, Big Ray. Yes, sir. I'll see you then, brother. All Thanks, right, Ray. man. Talk to you soon. Peace. All right, that's Big Ray Roberts, man. Uh, we're going to keep these rolling. When we return, the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel, is going to join us. That is next right here on The Huddle. This, this is The Huddle. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Every Thursday from noon to 2 on Seattle Sports. You are listening to The Huddle. I'm Michael Bumpus with Dave Wyman, and we are now joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Steve Rabel. Rabes, how we doing? Great, great, Bump. Thank you. I, I don't know if I can live up to all that, but I'll try. Hey, it's all natural. You're you're natural, Raves. Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> Raves, we were talking about um, Dave and I that 97 yard return by Witherspoon for a touchdown, and just how much fun you make that sound. How fun is it making that type of call? You know, well, Dave is standing right there when when these when these things happen. I mean, it, it literally is just it's organic. I mean, it just it just happens. Uh, it it is a great deal of fun. But I don't have to do anything to make it more fun. I, it, all I have to do is try not to screw it up. Um, and, I, you know, there was one point in the game. I'm the first person, by the way, to point out the fact when, when I really get a bad case of the stupids. Uh, and at one point during the game, I think I said something. There was a uh, somebody ran the football, and he was across midfield out to the 52. And as soon as I said it, I said, well, you moron. And, and Brian O'Connell, our producer, is standing right beside me, and he, he kind of smiled and said, yeah, there's, there's no 52. I, Thank you very much. <laughs> so, so as long as I don't screw it up, and, and, you know, these guys, I mean, they're just capable of making plays like that. So, so it's just so much fun to be able to see that, and especially a young guy, who doesn't play like a young guy and is has become such an important part of this uh, this defense? Thing that worried me about that is that when you said fifty two, I was like, yeah, that's right, the fifty two <laughs> yard line <laughs> made perfect sense to me. So. I was with you, Dave. I was with you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever Rabel says, it's you know, it's gold. So, yeah, right. Yeah. Hey, what do you make of uh, Joe Burrow? So we had uh, Draymond Jones in here and had forgotten that at Ohio State he was teammates with him and he said you know he's got some swag whatever I was watching a video of him and some of the things I was telling Bump that he doesn't want to answer he'll say I don't know what you're talking about you know and he's just very self-assured and confident and I mean he's a heck of a player and now it looks like he's healthy but like he's got kind of a a swag about him that's cocky but I feel like he can get away with it 
What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think he does humble very well, and that's that's not a bad thing. When <laughs> yeah. you're a quarterback, you know, you you got to have that that kind of that confidence in yourself that you can go out and make every play. Um, you know what's interesting about uh, a guy like Joe Burrow is, you know, he he, well, I was going to say he really hasn't failed. You know, he left Ohio State after being there for a while, and all he does is go down to LSU and win a national title. Then he comes into the NFL as the first overall choice and goes in a couple of years and takes his team to the Super Bowl. So he's had just a tremendous amount of success, uh, and he hasn't had to deal with a lot of setbacks. And so, you know, we, we know a quarterback uh, who played here who just was terrific and, you know, ultimately had to deal with some setbacks, and, and sometimes it didn't go as well. So, you know, you always learn from things that happen to you. Um, I think he's learned uh, something a little bit, at least, from this, this calf injury he had, and the team started out one and three uh, because he wasn't very healthy. He's gotten better. The team has gotten better. But there's no question but that he can throw the ball around the yard. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Dave, that you should mention Burrow because Bobby Wagner was talking yesterday, and Bobby said, yeah, you know, and this is it sounds pretty rote, but, you know, our, our – our real big key, obviously, for every game is to shut down the run and make them one-dimensional. And my first thought was the Bengals making them one-dimensional means that you put the ball in the hands of a guy who can throw it for 400 yards a game. So, you know, you got your work cut out for you in this situation. Raves, I've been looking at just how the Hawks have been using uh, Zach Charbonnet. And um, I kind of appreciate it. You know, I, obviously, I want to see him get as many touches as possible. But I understand that you got Ken Walk over there. He's a the guy he deserves the touches. But every week, it seems like he's getting more comfortable and comfortable. What do you think the potential is of Zach Charbonnet? And do you like the way he's being used? Well, I, I do. And I'm, but I'm with you also. I think that they can use him a little bit more. Not that, not that Ken Walker can't do it, because he certainly can. But because Charbonnet brings a little bit different um, – a uh, different style to to his play, as we have seen. I mean, he just, yeah, he, he's got the speed uh, to kind of bounce it outside and get around people or to accelerate away from the line. But he also has absolutely no trouble at all in running in there and just and knocking guys back on their on their butts. And and you know that's that's the kind of thing that really fires up your entire offense and the entire sideline. Here is uh, when you ask me about what could his role be. Here's the one number I look at. On third down conversions, we're 28.9%. So we're less than a third of being able to convert our third downs. And a bunch of those have come in third and somewhat shorter situations because we're, you know, whether it's Ken that's in there or we're just not, we've had some offensive line changes, obviously, but we're not blowing guys off the line of scrimmage. I'd like to see him more in there on third down. I know we use DJ Dallas a lot because he's a good receiver, but man, give it to Zach and let him blast straight ahead for a couple of yards. I guarantee you, he, he rarely is going to get hit in the backfield and stop. He may get hit in the backfield, but he's going to drag people with him. Yeah, I thanked him during the broadcast when he ran over a defender because uh, <laughs> I love watching that, man. I mean, that's 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 a tool. I think both of those guys can do that, Rabes. You look at uh, Walker yeah. as well. I mean, he he also talks a little bit about he'll at the end of the play lower his his shoulder, but then also he can he can make you miss. So I feel like yeah. you know, that's such a, a good, you know, sort of uh 
you know, quiver, arrow in your quiver to have because, you know, you, if you're a linebacker or a DB, you don't know if that guy's going to take you on a pie or if he's going to put a move on you. And I feel like both those guys can be kind of that one-two punch that, that we're looking for in the run game. Exactly. And as we both know, and we saw it happen yesterday and uh, you know, yesterday, last season and the season before, you can't have too many running backs uh, and you can't have uh, enough guys that can jump in there and play by giving you know each of them enough carries and then also getting DJ involved a little bit as well, you know you take some of that physical stress off of what a running back has to take in a in a in a ball game, running full speed and throwing yourself into a bunch of three hundred and twenty five pound human beings across the line of scrimmage. I mean that's just ins- that's my description of insanity, but that's what these guys get paid for, and they're really good at it. So you know give them a little bit of a break when you can. Arrow in your quiver. That's yeah, what that I don't thing know is where called. I have no idea where that came from. If I was Pete <laughs> Carroll, I would be like, Arrow in my quiver? What am I talking about? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, was, I was a little concerned as well. <laughs> I'm going to use that, day. I'm going to mess my kids up with that one. Only if you want to sound like a dork. Hey. Okay. You know, my wife calls me a dork all the time. I'm the guy who stays up and watches Planet Earth and History Channel. So I think I qualify. Hey. <laughs> Hey, Raves, um, you know, when, when you look at this matchup, we spent a lot of time talking about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, as you should. Is there anybody else that you think can affect this game for Cincinnati if you let them? Well, um, you know, Trey Hendrickson is awful good. He's a, he's a premier pass rusher, uh, and he will come off of our left side most of the time. Now, there's a really good chance that Charles Cross is going to be back this week, uh, and so you might as well throw him into the deep end of the pool uh, and have him play against one of the really good uh, sack artists in the league. What did he get? Six sacks already this season, yeah. and they're just four games, five games in. So he's really good. Uh, I don't know that he, you know, can change the complexion of the game, but he can certainly make it difficult for you. And and if you let him on a third and say seven or eight, and you let him get past you, now it's going to be third and fifteen, and you're you're punting or fourth and fifteen, and you're punting for sure. So um, he's one that that kind of makes me a little nervous. Um, you know, Logan Wilson is a good linebacker that really nobody talks about. Yeah. There's a lot of good players out there in this in the league, and Logan Wilson is a pretty. He's had over a hundred tackles. What the last couple of seasons? Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's pretty good. So uh, you know, he's one that I would I would kind of keep an eye on. But Hendrickson, Hubbard, they've got a good front four. I'm trying to think of a team that we play this year that doesn't have a good front four. Yes, or yeah, front it's been a lot. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, we go back to the you know the the Lions, really good. Mm-hmm. Of course, before that we played Aaron Donald, and then you got the Panthers. That that front seven last week with the Giants was a bunch of first round, second rounders. So yeah, it's it's tough every week. Yeah. And the thing about the, the Bengals is they have been giving up some yards on the ground defensively. So they like to rush the passer. They got a couple of – they're almost like bookend tackles in Hubbard and Hendrickson, and they both can, can rush the passer. They're both kind of long and I don't want to say lean at 265 pounds, but they're not, you know, they're not those 325-pound behemoths that you sometimes see. They have a couple of those guys right in the middle of the line, but, but they, they really can get after the passer, and so I think – there might be some opportunities again because we're running the ball pretty well, especially on first and second down. Raves, are you aisle seat or uh, window? Uh, let's, you know, we've kind of we've changed it around a few times because you know we get on different planes at times, different uh, configurations. So uh, I've been an aisle uh, this season, and I've been a window this season. So as long as I'm not a middle, if I'm a middle, somebody's going to hear about it. All right. Well. 
You have safe travels. You make sure you sit where you want to sit. Don't let Dave <laughs> try to bully you, man. I know he's a big linebacker, all right? Yeah, that's that that doesn't happen, although I need to stay somewhat close to Dave uh, because we have a ritual after the game that we go okay. through, so I, I need to sit close. All right. I'd like to hear about that off-air, Rabes. Yeah, off-air. It'd be nice time, if you yeah. contributed to the ritual every once in a while. <laughs> uh, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Okay, I've been shamed into it. All right. Short arms and deep pockets. <laughs> <laughs> he is the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. Man, we also appreciate your time. Safe travels, and uh, I'll talk to you Sunday. Okay, Bump. Look forward to it. See you, Dave. See you, Rabes. All right, when we come back, we'll hear from Quandre Diggs as he steps up to the podium. That is next on The Huddle. This, this is The Huddle. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Every Thursday from noon to 2 on Seattle Sports. Here's a second and 10. Jones again from the shotgun. Seattle rushes four. Jones has time. Stands strong. Now he gets rid of it. Overthrown. Intercepted. It's Diggs. Great free. Bringing it up to the near side. 40, midfield, tackled at the 45 of the Giants. It is becoming a feeding frenzy by the Seahawks defense. Everybody's taking their shots. Another pick thrown by Daniel Jones. That's your man, Quandre Dix. All he does is make plays. He's at the podium now. I mean, it's, uh, it's important. I mean, you're around these guys all day. You know what I mean? I'm here from 7 o'clock to 6 o'clock every day. So, I mean, we got to have some type of bond connection. And um, these are the people that you spend most of your time with during the season. So, um, I mean, you build those bonds, these brotherhoods, and the stuff that you remember for a lifetime. And, um, you know, when guys get out there, they always say they miss the locker room. And um, I'm doing my best to enjoy it while I still can. How important is the bye to your family and to you to get I mean, for me, it's definitely special. Um, able to get out to San Diego last week and go see my brother for the first time in a while. So um, it's, it's important I get to be with my kids, get in the pool, you know, not have to worry about my legs being tired from being in the pool or um, not being able to get my daughter and, you know, my wife and my son the attention they deserve. So um, I think it's dope. You know, I got to see my mom also. So um, always cool to go get some sunshine and um, enjoy those moments. Would you be in favor of them adding another regular season game with another bye? Another what? Another regular season game. Not a Should have never added the 17th one, but that's a story for another day. Where have you seen this defense improve the most over the last few weeks? Um, I think, you know, when you get people healthy and, you know, you get on the same page and um, I think we're just learning who we are and trying to figure out who we are. Not saying that we won't have bumps down the road and things like that, but at the end of the day, um, I think that, you know, we're playing the way we want to play. We talked about upholding the standard, and, you know, for the last few weeks, I felt like we've done that. So, um, you know, not to say that, you know, we might go out and have a, a bump, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's how we bounce back. We know we can bounce back. We've done it before. So um, for us, we just want to, you know, stay on top of things, enjoy these moments, and um, those big guys eating up there, eating up front like that, you know what I mean? It makes everybody better. Pete, from Bobby, about how Devin Witherspoon practices. What's the question he asks that impresses you most? Questions? Well, I mean, he asks me a lot of questions. I mean, I get a thousand questions a day from the whole room. So, 
I mean, I can't pick anything in particular, but I know he's very particular about his work. Um, I know um, he takes pride in, you know, in, in, um, in winning his one-on-ones and his battles. And um, if he loses, he's pretty pissed off. So, um, you know, he's he, he's taking the, taking the next step for us and has made our defense better because of him. Jamar Chase and the potential of that matchup between Chase and Devin Witherspoon. I mean, Jamar's a great player. You know what I mean? I think um, anytime you can come in the league and take the league by storm as he has, I know he's a hard worker. He trains in Austin and things like that. So um, very, very good player, one of the best in the league. You know, um, in my mind, he's top three in the league um, uh, receiver-wise. So you know Joe and him have a connection. So those guys, they're special. So. Um, we just got to go out and play our game, bro. I'm not into the, you know, he said, she said, none of that. You know what I mean? You guys know me. You've been knowing me long enough. You know, I'm not here to, you know, I respect every player and every player. I, I hope they respect me. So at the end of the day, I, you know, I don't get into any of that. You know, I take me and my guys any day of the week. But at the end of the day, that's how everybody thinks. Your job is preventing those big plays. Mm-hmm. What kind of test did the Bengals present when it comes well, they to that? Presented, they presented a big, uh, you know, a big uh, problem, you know, and um, if they have T back, that's another guy who's, you know, one of the best in the league. So um, very explosive offense. You know, they started slow, um, but I think they're starting to pick things up. So um, excited about the matchup. You know, I haven't played these guys since, you know, Joe's been in the league. So I'm excited for the opportunity. Um, you know, um, I know Callie's over there, who was my old quarterback coach in Detroit. So um, be good to see him also. Going back to Jamar, it's that deep ball that he just makes look easy when he catches. How do you make that more difficult? Play our technique. You know what I mean? So all we can do, play our technique. And, you know, um, they have one of the best connections in the league. If they complete one, you know, we get them down, we go to the next play. But at the end of the day, you know, we don't want to give up any explosive plays. So, um we just do our best to stay on top and, you know, make them think and dunk. The calf injury, how did he look movement-wise in their last game compared to the first few games? I mean, he looked a lot better. I mean, he's, he's Joe Burrow. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, another guy taking the league by storm. Um, so um, he looked good to me. So I think he's he's feeling good and he's moving good and he's competitive as heck. So, um, like I said, I'm excited for the opportunity. Best quarterbacks in the league. What do they have in common? Um, those guys. I think the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, I don't. I don't think it's for me. It's not the, you know, the, the throw power and you know all that. I think the best quarterbacks in the league. They're accurate. They can read defenses. You know, they know what they anticipate before the snap, and they know the coverages. Um, I think anytime you know you can do that and. You can do that at a high level when the quarterback gives you the keys. I mean, the coaches give you the keys to the to the ignition. You know what I mean? The sky's the limit for quarterbacks like that. And um, he's had that. You know, he had that in college. Um, he's had that since he's come in the league. And, um, you know, playing quarterback sometimes to me is, you know, similar to playing free safety. You know what I mean? You don't have to be the fastest, the biggest. You don't have to, you know, do all these things. But at the end of the day, you know how to pick your spots and um, anticipate things and, you know, um, either make the big play or give up the big play. So um, it's very similar to me, and um, I think those are the best guys, and Joe's one of those guys. What kind of difference was it having Jamal? I know it was only nine plays, but having Jamal out there on, on Monday? I mean, like I tell you guys, anytime you can have a three-time All-Pro, you know, a guy who's going to break the sack record before he retires, 
Um, I mean, it adds a, a different element to the defense that, you know, um, teams got to account for. And, you know, you know he's going to be running around, flying around, talking trash and doing his thing. But, you know, the playmaking ability that he has, whether it's strip sacks, you know, forced fumbles and, you know, all those type of plays, those are negative plays for offenses. And um, I think, you know, some people have roles and I think with him, he does it all and in our defense where it's playing the run, playing the pass and guarding tight ends and things like that. So anytime you can add another weapon and, you know, we continue to get healthy, I think it's, it's exciting. Island up last week, were you telling Clint to call blitz for you or anything? No. Trying to get in on that? Nah, keep me where I'm at. Um, I ain't trying to be in the box or none of that. So um, let them guys handle that. I'll go, you know, jump and be excited for them, but let me get my picks. All right, that was Quandre Diggs. When we return, we will get our final thoughts and some information from John Boyle himself. That's next on The Huddle. This is The Huddle. Presented by Hunt Services and Pacific Lamp and Supply. Every Thursday from noon to 2 on Seattle Sports. Welcome back to The Huddle. I'm Michael Bumps with Dave Wyman, and now we are joined by John Boyle. Boyle, you wrote something on Bobby Wagner that inspired one of my four downs in four down territory. Hey, all right. And you're just talking about just how good he's playing. So now I go back, I watch the film, I'm looking at the numbers, I go, man, Bobby's playing really good right now. What are you seeing from him? Yeah, I mean, and, and kind of why I wrote that is like, I feel like we're not really, it was such a big story when he came back because it was Bobby Wagner's back. Mm-hmm. And then it was, you know, playing the Rams, home opener, all the reception. And there's just been all these things around him being back that have sort of taken away from what he's actually doing on the field. Even the the positives of, like, him leading that meeting the Wednesday, coming off the loss where he kind of got the team turned around and they go win in Detroit. And then even this past game, he played incredible, 17 tackles, two sacks, but Witherspoon did what he did, kind of stole the spotlight. So that's sort of what what was behind that story. Just like, man, he's put together four really good games and playing nothing like a guy that you might expect, oh, he's 33, 12th year, has he lost a little bit? But, man, he looks very much like the Bobby Wagner we all remember from before. And just a great dude. Just, yeah. I mean, community, everything. He came and sat down with Rabel and I after the Detroit game. And I was like, uh, yeah, because he also called everybody together before they went into overtime. Yeah. And got everybody, you know, all together. But he is just uh, just phenomenal the way he's playing. And also I, th- I felt like that, that them signing him back sent a message to a lot of the players. Well, especially Quandre Diggs, who was like campaigning for Bobby yeah. Wagner for like two <laughs> months, right? But, but you know, kind of. Did you think that kind of sent a message to the rest of the guys, like, hey, we're we're in it to to win it here. We're we're going all the way. We're going to sign anybody we can. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I, I think players probably already knew that was sort of the philosophy in general. But it always is a boost when you go out and you bring in a guy of Bobby Wagner's caliber and just you know, there could have been you know from whether it was on Bobby Wagner's side or whatever, there could have been reasons it wouldn't have worked to bring him back just because he had been released here a year earlier. And that's always a little tricky. It's made even more difficult when the guy's his own agent. So you're doing all that without that buffer of an agent. But it kind of speaks, we've talked about this before, but it just speaks to what Pete and John have built here culture-wise that that reunion can happen a year later and Bobby Wagner can be back and making a huge impact on this team. How important is this game? I mean, you know the Bengals, you look at the record, and you, you could say they're not a good football team, but we all know better than that. We know their personnel. The Hawks have a chance to be 4-1. They're 7-6 coming off of the bye. 
Is, am I am I blowing this game out of proportion? So I look at this, I go, man, this is important. I want to see what they can do against these dudes. <laughs> I mean, if Pete Carroll in here, he's going to tell you every one of them is important. But right. um, yeah, I mean, look, it's a big opportunity to build off the momentum. You know, you've won three in a row. You're facing a team that, as you said, like they're a lot better in their record. This is a team that's been to back-to-back conference championship games. It looks like Joe Burrow kind of found something last week. He's been dealing with the injury, obviously. So. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's important in that you can really put yourself in a great position if you're four and one with a, another big road win. But you never want to put too much weight on it because, look, if you are three and two, you, there's still a ton of season left right. to get yourself back to where you want to be. But yeah, I mean, it's a big opportunity to go out and, and get something done. What are your impressions of Devin Witherspoon? I, I haven't got a chance to talk to him. I don't think I could pick him out of a lineup. Like I haven't <laughs> seen him, you know, and it's just fascinating to me that he has such great instincts. Yeah. I, I think that the thing that is that I compare it to of having instincts, I compare it to John Schneider being able to identify, like he has an uncanny knack mm-hmm. for like, okay, this guy who's a six foot tall, 180 pound, like normal sized human being just has incredible instincts and, and to take him with that pick. But what has stood out to you about him the times that you've talked to him? Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, before we even get to talk to him, just watching him play, he's just such a fun, exciting player. Like, Amazing. Every time the ball's anywhere near him, he's making plays. He's so decisive, which for a rookie is not easy to do at all. Um, and just you know, physical. We've seen some of the hits he's made, which you, you don't look at him and think physicality. Right. He's not a big dude, as you said, but he he's not afraid to get in there and hit guys. But, yeah, I mean – you know, you talk to him. We haven't spent a lot of time with him in the media. And, you know, he's he's a guy that I get a sense he's still kind of coming into his own in terms of, like, his public persona of talking. Like, he's pretty quiet right now. And you, you can tell the confidence is there. But he's not, you know, a bombastic, you know, big swagger guy in his talk. He, he is in his play, and it's awesome to see. But, yeah, he's, I mean, by all accounts, just brief chats with him. He seems like a really good kid, and he seems to have his head on his shoulders really well. Is there anybody um, who maybe isn't getting attention that you feel like is slowly climbing the depth chart on this team? Outside, like, the starting guys? Yeah, outside the starting guys. I mean, that's tough to say because, you know, other than, like, with – I mean, the defensive front is kind of where guys rotate, and we've seen a lot of guys getting the job done up there. And, you know, he he is a starter, but a guy that jumps out in terms of maybe we're just not talking about as much is Boye Mafe, who's – you know, he he is in the starting lineup, so he's not climbing the depth chart. But I think he's climbing in terms of – making his presence felt out there and more people noticing who he is because I mean the numbers aren't eye popping right now for him, but he's doing a lot of things really his win well. rate is pretty high, I think. Yeah, is I think is his ESPN or Pro Football Focus. Uh-huh. One of them does that pass rush win rate. Yeah. And he is way up there near yeah. the near the best in the league. So Yeah, and it also has like the number of times you got double teamed, right? He and, yeah, he's it's funny. Chart. He's like way on the it's helping that he's not getting double teamed a lot because he's way on the end of not double teamed, but right. he's still, you know, he's winning his one on ones, that's for sure. But Jaron Reed was way up there. And yeah. then another one I saw was Jalen Carter. He he was yep. way up there. But, you know, uh, I think nobody's talking about Jalen Carter anymore. Because... I mean, look, if Devin Witherspoon keeps playing like that, Jaron, <laughs> you know, Jalen Carter can have a great career, and I don't think Seahawks fans will care because yeah. Devin Witherspoon looks awesome too. But, yeah, but I'm, also, I'm also not going to judge draft decisions five weeks into an NFL right? career. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and also, I, I feel like, um, you know, that uh, Joe Burrow kind of has – people sort of respond to him one way or the other from talking to some of the guys. We talked to Draymond Jones, and he was kind of like, yeah, he's he, – he didn't say he was cocky, but he said he's confident. He, <laughs> I mean, look, the man was sitting there smoking a cigar in his football uniform right. after winning a national championship. <laughs> he's got a little swag to him, and I like that, but yeah, he's – 
Yeah. So you're you're okay with him? Yeah. I mean, look, I I like athletes who are themselves, like to express themselves, and if that comes across as a little cocky, if you back it up, and he's had a great career so far, good for him. But yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, he's a heck of a player. That's what I told Wyman. I go, if it didn't feel authentic, then I'd have a problem with it. But that's who I know him as. Yeah. Is cool Joe Burrow, yeah. you know, so you know, I'm right with it. It's kind of the same thing with Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. Like, in the very beginning, it seemed like he was this rah-rah guy, but, like, players will sniff out a phony. Right. Yeah. Right? And it's the same thing with Burrow. He just has a way of pulling it off. Yeah. I was telling Bump that I watched some of his press conferences, and if he doesn't want to answer a question, he'll go, I have no idea what you're talking about. Really? And then he'll just look <laughs> to the next guy. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow he gets away with it. Right. Yeah, well. Who yeah. who's the cockiest player on this roster? Who boy? It's, I don't know. Probably on defense. I feel like this would be a good question a for Quandre. Yeah, Quandre is, will tell you. <laughs> I say, is Quandre the answer? No, <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, he would have a good answer though. You're right. At. Cockiest guy. I don't know. I always lean towards DBs and receivers. Yeah. I feel like they're the most cocky. Yeah. I just I can't think of anybody that I would describe that way out of this group right now. Uh, How about Tyler Lockett? No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, uh, the, that's the most off answer I can come right. up with. There, I don't know if Daryl Taylor falls into that category, but he's maybe the most flamboyant. Yeah, I think like yeah. on the road, like the way he dresses, and I don't know. Do you think Daryl yeah. Taylor could he be up there? Sure. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't use the word cocky at all, but yeah, yeah. he's he's got his personality to him. Yeah. Who um. What's the key to this game? Is it as simple as stopping Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase? The, the run game hasn't been great. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, it seems so obvious that, yeah, because they haven't run the ball well, that stopping those guys. And, you know, they turn the, they get a lot of turnovers on defense. So I'd say, you know, for the Seahawks offense, taking care of the football and defensively just limit the explosions. I mean, Jamar Chase, is, they, they target him a ton. He's going to get catches. Mm-hmm. But don't let him be 50, 60-yard touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, – were you kind of surprised about Clint Hurt kind of why do we always say dialing up blitzes? What is that know. terminology a... there? I was questioning that the other day, and then I ended up using it on the air. Uh, but Calling know, blitzes. How I about that? Yeah, I didn't think he was going to be super aggressive in that game. And he, he kind of surprises you every once in a while with his calls because then you now all of a sudden you've got the rookie coming off the edge. And, yeah. you know, it just seemed like he, he was, he was going to get after it. Yeah, I think he they saw just something. saw opportunity there of, you know, the Giants were, were beat up up front and – Maybe it was something in, in Daniel Jones they just didn't think was going to be able to handle it or whatever it was. But, yeah, he they nailed that game call-wise because they sure got after it. All right, I'm doing my best Stacey Ross impression here. So, guys, all right, all right, one key to this game. I kind of already asked you that yeah, question. Yeah, kind of did. But, uh, can... but let's go key uh, B, the uh, second uh, key. To things I didn't say already. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tie to what I already said, but I want to see the Seahawks pass rush keep keep going doing what they're doing. I mean, look, eleven sacks probably isn't going to happen two right. weeks in a row. I'm I'm not asking for that, but make Joe Burrow a little uncomfortable. We you know test out that calf if it's all the way there. If he can really scramble around and get after him, because it's going to be a lot harder to be explosive on offense if you get good pressure. I feel like if you pick off Joe Burrow a couple of times, that'll be a major accomplishment, yeah. and that'll be, go a long ways. And obviously, the turnover ratio thing is always is always huge. Well, they went plus three in Detroit and gave mm-hmm. up like 450 yards or something. So, yeah, and, and I think that'll be especially monumental if you pick that guy off. All right, and I'm going to say JSN. Get him involved. Get him going. Mm-hmm. I like it. Come on, let's get it. There we go. All right, that has been a huddle, man. Special thanks to Draymond Jones, Jerry Reed. We got John Boyle, Steve Rabel, all the guys, Big Ray as well. Coming up next, you got uh, Wyman and Bob. Let's get it.